guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just sounded like your cousin. Welcome to the yeah, podcast. It's, it's George Gill with Gustavo Martinez. What's up? Don't say hi this time. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I take that back. <laughs> so, uh, this episode, I was talking to you uh, about kind of the direction we wanted this episode to go, and it's around. Some of the things that we've been seeing in the marketplace right now, which right. is the competition that exists and the fact that multiple offers and over asking sales have become the new norm, uh, at least in the last couple of months. And and so I wanted to, to, to hear from you as to how you've been handling these situations, uh, because I know that you have actually been in many multiple offer situations and, and some, some of them you've actually won. And others right. you've actually lost, and there's been cases where you have lost several times with the same client. And so, so from a from a from an emotional perspective, how have clients been dealing with that? How have you well, been dealing with yeah, that? I with their cried clients? a lot. <laughs> I cried a lot. So yeah, g- give us a little bit of insight as to number one, man, any 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 strategy that you've been seeing, or also how you've been handling it on, so, uh, on an emotional let's, level. Let's start off by, because there's a lot of people that are probably not on the market right now, and, and they probably don't know what's what's happening, really. You know, they probably hear it, but they don't know what's happening. So the demand for properties right now has been, like, off the charts. And inventory is so low right now that it's creating most, you know, for most properties, it's creating multiple offer situations, highs and best. And it is emotionally draining, I feel, for buyers to be told no so many times. I had a buyer, well, I still have, luckily we're on the contract right now, spoiler alert, but <laughs> we probably went through like six or seven houses. And Multiple offer situations? Yes, and obviously, like, we, we, we lost all of them. You know, financing type is gonna play a big part in this as well. But, but either way, how do you tell your first time home buyer that it's not your fault that their offers are not getting accepted. Yeah, someone that doesn't understand the market doesn't know what's happening. I mean, you can you can try to explain things to them, but after it happens five, six, seven times, you even start questioning yourself. Like, what is right. there anything else I should be doing? You know, so so it's it's emotionally draining. L- luckily, most of them, actually all of them, have have stuck with me, and. And for with ninety percent of them, we're actually under contract right now, so that that's good. But it, it was a tough uh, month. Yeah, because it could be very frustrating for for buyers that that you know are wanting to take advantage of of, of such advantageous conditions right now when it comes to interest rates. They've never been this low, and and so they see a lot of colleagues, friends, family members uh, taking advantage of that. They want to do that as well, and now they're running into that roadblock. Where is this even going to happen? Like I, I'm ready to go, but, but dude, you know what the worst part is? They're, they're not even fearful of paying a premium. You no, know, right? Like yeah. there, there's no fear there. Like these, I'm talking about strong, solid offers on all of these all of these properties. Yeah. Going sometimes going five thousand over asking, sometimes going twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars over asking, and still being told no at that point is like, how do you explain to your client that their forty thousand dollar over asking you know offer was turned down? Yeah. That they gave it to somebody else. It's yeah, tough. It's, it is. And so I, I guess that kind of will segues into into what we can actually focus on this episode, which is how how can we address this? What 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 ways can we think outside of the box for us to for us to put us in a more competitive position? Because because it seems as though a number alone is not enough anymore. Like no, you said, they're not they're itself. not they're not afraid to pay a premium, but that May not that alone enough. is right. not is not enough to get them into the house. And so and so 
I think one of the first go-to things is, and this has been around a while, and I think that it's you don't see it often anymore. And I actually, quite frankly, I'm not sure why. It's to threaten is the, the seller. Is the what? To threaten the seller. To threaten the se- <laughs> Is that it? Or? To charm the seller. I oh, think you charm. Okay. Your oh, words. Sorry, sorry. That's what I meant. No wonder my offers are not getting it. <laughs> 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 is to charm the seller. Write a letter. Tell them this, you know, I, I, I fell in love with your house. All the reasons why your buyers can picture themselves in that house. A lot of times, sellers are very emotionally attached to their house and they will make a decision based on who they feel is going to take care of that house and who it's most appropriate for. Uh, it works with two of my buyers. Right. If it's someone who they think is is just going to trash the place or rent it out or, or redo it or, or whatnot, they might not go with the higher offer. So, so you know, it's not something that we see very often, but it but certainly it doesn't, doesn't hurt. hurt. to go for it. Yeah, right. it certainly doesn't hurt. The, the letter, I think, is, is something that, that could be done. But it's something that's been around for a while. So I want to touch up on some other things that I've in, in talking with, with, with some people, I've kind of triggered some ideas as to what, what else we could do. So let's talk about the basic ones, you know, because we, we talk about money. That's obviously the biggest part of it on a contract. But there's so many other different terms of that, con- of that contract that can actually be changed to make it more uh, appealing to the seller. Things like a larger uh, deposit, mm-hmm. initial deposit to show that you truly want the house and that you, you want to have as much skin in the game as possible. And, and you don't mind the risk because that's how bad you want it, meaning that you'll get it to the closing table. Doing things like that, taking the property as is or, or just waiving inspection, it's something that it's, it's, a, it's a bit aggressive, but you know, if the property seems to be in really good shape and, and, and maybe you're not a first time home buyer and you, or you're handy and you can, you can notice these things, right. that might be something to also use to your advantage. It might not be the market to nitpick an inspe- inspection and you know. Oh, definitely right. not. And when people have three, four, five backup offers, no, they'll move yeah. on to the next one in a heartbeat. So around that same idea with, uh, with the terms of the contract, um, other, other options might be thinking about the fact that at the end of the day, well, I shouldn't say at the end of the day, but, but what's most appealing to a seller is, is what? It's not the number on the contract. It's what they're actually walking away with. It's the net, the net. to them, right? So one, one thing that, that, that perhaps is, is an out-of-the-box option is, and this was thrown out, this was thrown out um, from somebody in another marketplace, but it's paying the seller's transfer taxes. The 1%? There's in Connecticut. There's a one percent transfer tax for anything that's under eight hundred thousand. That's a direct. That's a direct seller expense. You can offer somebody uh, full price for their house, but regardless, automatically they're going to have to pay one percent, three sure. quarters of it to the state, a quarter of it to, to to their to their town. And so, an option would be to pay the transfer taxes, and that's advantageous in two ways. One, you net the seller more. But two, you risk depending on the price point of your property, you don't have an appraisal issue because you're essentially giving them X number more without actually going up by that amount. So you could pay their transfer tax in, in, in that regard, in, in, in that example. Another, another example, not necessarily the same as net and the seller more, but that gives your buyers some ammunition might be appealing to your lenders for a, a, a credit, a lender credit. Interest rates are so low right now that an interest buyback might be an option that puts your, seller, that puts your buyer in a more, in a more in a in a stronger position to be able to make a more aggressive offer. Sure. So those are those are those are two options that, in addition to the terms of the contract, in addition to potentially writing a letter and charming the seller, those are two options that I think are are things that should be kept in the wheelhouse when when trying to figure out how can we make this work. You know, this is an option. This is a five hundred thousand dollar house. 
if we if we offer to if we offer to to to, to if we offer the seller this much and at the same time pay their transfer taxes on a five hundred thousand dollar house, that's a that's five thousand dollars. Is the equivalent of you offering an extra thousand dollars or two thousand dollars? Well, in the five hundred thousand oh, dollar house, oh, the equivalent sorry. of offering five thousand dollars. <laughs> yes, but it's the equivalent of doing that without having that 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 fear with appraisal. Right, like you were saying. right. Because at the end of the um, day, the seller is netting that much more because right. you paid their transfer taxes. And right. So you know that that can be a strategy that 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 might work in in, in certain situations. Yeah. Um, now there are two that I actually want to. Uh, one of them is 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 one that you talk about a lot, and I think that in this market, it's become very 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 true oh and the other one is it? one that i talk about a lot okay so i don't care i'm gonna about, compete I, for how much we listen no i'm only kidding I, I, I probably don't know yours because i don't listen to anything you say but <laughs> is the is the one and, and actually i'm so glad you brought that up because that is something that i had in mind today and i completely and i completely forgot probably because i don't use paper or write things down but i think right. the biggest and most important thing in this market that's so competitive don't get it wrong oh man so much pressure <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> is networking, right? <laughs> what kind of relationship do you have with the other agent? Yes, I awesome. think that is probably- Tell him what he's the- won, Johnny. No, I'm <laughs> it's funny because his name is Johnny. <laughs> so yeah, rapport with the listing yes, agent. Yes, that is yeah. probably, because once again, there's so many, there are so many agents out there, you know, like when, when you have a listing, you realize how many agents are out there. Yeah. When you work with the buyers, there's only like a handful of, of people that you see, you know, often, right? Yeah. But being able to have good report and, and, and them knowing that your buyer is is approved correctly, you know, pre-approved, not, not a stupid prequal that doesn't mean anything, you know. And I'm sorry, but it's true. In, in this market, you need someone that, that has, that has their, that had their funds verified already, employment verified. You need that strong of a pre-approval. And if they know the circle that, that you work with, your lender, your attorney, and they know you, then they will vouch for you. Right. It's true. I mean, and, 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 and not just if they know the circle that you work with, but if they know that you have taken it to a point where you have a circle with whom you work. Or square. And, and <laughs> but in a, in a way, you control the process as right. best as you can. Right. And, and that's important because if you're looking at two identical offers, having a rapport with a listing agent could say, look, at the end of the day, I would put my my money with this one making it to the closing table because right. I trust the way that this agent works. He's always on his game. He works with the right people. He vets his clients, and and he and he's going to be on top of, of of the transaction every step of the way. Right. As opposed to somebody who either has a bad reputation or, or just don't know anything. Don't, you don't know any, anything he about. He might him. be just as good, right? right. But, but he doesn't know. So why take the chance? Right. Because because at the end of the day, you know, we buyers or sellers, I should say. Or buyers, for that matter, they rely very heavily on what their agent says. For sure, you know the 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 agent's advice is is very very valuable to a client. And short of telling a client what to do, an agent will advise them on on what they feel the best course of action is. And if it's coming from their representation, they they take that very seriously. And so it's important for you to have that report. And, I have gotten offers you know. accepted in which my client was not the highest bidder. Right. No. Yeah. It's. I mean, it it, it happens all the time. So I think that that's. I mean, we haven't been doing this for very long, but at least in the time that we've been doing it, I don't think that there's ever been a time where like this has years. been so important. The rapport right. with the listing agent or the rapport with just other agents in general is and super important. And even though I preach that and I say that so often, I, I'm still amazed of how much, because I don't think I truly, truly understand yet how powerful that is 
because just very little things that happen throughout the day just remind me of that and it just it just it keeps wowing me like yeah can't believe it had that much impact on that you know yeah like, no a lot of people see other agents as as competition and they and they tread very carefully with them but at the end of the day it's called co-brokering for a reason you're cooperating with other agency to 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 get to the same finish line exactly so, we all have the same yeah. goal at the end of the day okay sure. so and what was your last point Ugh. last point i'm leaving now <laughs> One of the things that that that's very difficult to pinpoint with clients, and one of the things that before I adopted this strategy was very frustrating for me, was really, really getting your client to confirm with you what is their highest offer they're willing to pay for a property. Because you could say to them, the highest offer, I mean, the, this property is, is, is under multiple offers, it's highest and best, how high do you want to go? And they oh, will yeah, say- Oh yeah, that's happened to me. What's that? They will give you a number, and then you would like, and then you would tell them, "Sorry, we didn't get it." Well, what if we went up five thousand dollars more? Yeah, too late, That's man. <laughs> super, super frustrating because yeah. because in this market, the fact that this has become a norm, at least temporarily, but for the last couple of months, it has been the norm where a lot of properties that come on the market are are sold within the first week and with right. multiple offers, and in some cases over asking. And so, my dude, the first three days. If priced yeah. correctly, the first three days. Yeah, no, it's nuts. It's nuts. And so now more than ever, that strategy, I think, is important. And and we can refer to it as, as, as walking your buyers up the ladder. And I wrote that down for the purposes of this podcast so that we can kind of visualize it. And it's walk them up the ladder. Okay. This property is on the market for $200,000. It's got multiple offers. They're asking for highest and best before the end of the day. Right. How much would you like to ask uh, offer? You have and they play say, the consumer or no? Uh, sure, sure. One hundred ninety-five. <laughs> Let, let's let's uh, let's let's make it a little bit. Uh, well, I guess one ninety-five works fine. I was gonna say that let's start initial, over asking. That was my initial offer. All right, one ninety-five, and now it's highest and best. Okay, it's highest and best. Yeah, we're gonna have to go over and just so you know, this price, this property is priced pretty competitively. I provided you with some comps that show that this property is actually listed very aggressively, and I think that my suggestion would be to go. If you actually want this house, maybe we should go in above uh, 200,000 because it's very likely to sell above okay. 200,000. And so, sure, what would be your offer? Okay, we'll do, uh, we'll do 205. Okay, if we offer 205 and you find out that somebody paid 208 for it, would you be upset? Yes. Okay, so maybe your highest offer should be 208. Now, if somebody offered 211 for the property, would you be upset? Yes. You would be upset if somebody purchased it for 211. I would be upset that I didn't get the house. Would you, if you had known that somebody offered 211, would you have matched 211? Well, I would have done 211, 100. Okay. So 211, 100 is where we go. If, yeah. when you submit the offer. When is this going to stop though? I exactly. Mean, there's going to be, a, there, <laughs> well, the example is if somebody says, if somebody offers $215,000 for that no, house, would you much. be upset? No, that's too much. Fine. 211 is your highest number. Because if somebody's, if, if I come back to you and say, you didn't get the house, what's your reaction going to be? It's not going to be, oh, I wish I had known I would have gone higher. It's, you know what? Let them have it. Right. I didn't want it. At the, I hired and them 211. And I would tell myself that they paid too much just so I can sleep at night. And you would tell what? <laughs> I would tell myself that the other buyers just paid too much for it. They <laughs> yeah. overpaid. Well, maybe not, but. No, I know, but that's what I would tell as a consumer, <laughs> as a buyer. That's what I would and tell myself. And now you're setting yourself up for disaster the next multiple off around. <laughs> Whatever. But what I mean is it's not it's not meant to, to drive your buyers to a high point. It's meant to make sure that they are offering their true maximum to the point where they're not going to be upset 
by finding right. out that somebody offered more for the right. house. Right, you want to know that they left it all on the table. Exactly. And and because too many times, people want the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. People want their cake and, and eat it too. <laughs> Is that how you say I've it? I've never heard that before. That's how you say it. Don't you say it backwards? Tres leches? Huh? I want tres leches and I want to eat it too. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> okay, well, anyway. Uh, yeah, so, I think I do say it like that though. <laughs> so, so you can't say to yourself, I want, or you can't, you can't lead it. You can't go into these situations and say, I want to get this house, but at the same time, I want to get a good deal. Right. Not at in, least in, not, in, not in this, today. in this marketplace, you're going to have to be aggressive and it's going to really have to be your highest and best. You, you can't say, oh, I really would go up to 2010, but I really would love if I could get this house for 205. It, it, it just, unfortunately, not just in today's marketplace, but the way that multiple offer rounds work and the fact that all offers are confidential. We just don't have that and luxury. That's if you get a, a highest and best round, right? That's not a guaranteed. So you in today's market, like me as as a, as a buyer just now, as an example, coming in at one ninety five. Obviously, there's so many variables that go with this, so it you know it may not apply. But that wasn't good enough already, like right from the beginning. Right. I mean, so it, it's important for us to tell our clients that, right, right. Even comps are out the window. I mean, honestly, <clears throat> like who knows what things are going to come for anymore. But uh, but yeah, we'll just take it one one step at a time, I guess. Right. So those were some some points I highlighted that I thought were useful. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, I guess um, this is happening often. So perhaps maybe you can uh, when we come back, you might have new examples or new For strategies sure. that have been implemented. Sure. What what has worked, what hasn't worked, and maybe we can uh, give an update. Absolutely. All right. Sounds good. I hope this helps some people out there. If you're an agent. Don't use that. These are my strat. These are my <laughs> strategies. Get your own. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Bye.